0: yes people it's episode 243 of griff's brain diamond it's me griff obviously how you doing it's saturday 25th of september that's what it is that's what time that's what time is what time is it's uh two o'clock two p.m i'm watching chelsea versus man city on moot and um i was meant to mop the floor but uh mop we've got a power mop got well, a power mop and the thing about having such great technology such as a power mop a flash power mop is that a flash power mop can run out of power mop washer solution which means you can't actually use the bloody mop whereas if I just had a bucket <laughs> water and a traditional mop all I need is just water and some bloody cleaner but because of the power mop solution um, is non-refillable, it's replaceable, but not refillable, it's uh, yeah power mop solution, fresh scent, floor cleaner safe and fair drying formula, because um, yeah, I don't have the power mop solution, the floor is unmopped. ridiculous, ridiculous behaviour um, too much technology in the kitchen, well, we talk about that, too much technology in the kitchen a little bit if you are a comedy person then you know all about it but if you're not a comedy person you may not give a shit about this storm in a different teacup it started off on the streets of twitter and then uh, and now it's ended up in the well potentially could end up in the high courts civil matter between two comedians kay curd and darius davis where darius davis has uh well, I'm not sure what Darius Davis actually accused K-Kurd of, but he definitely posted a video showing how their bits are very similar. Now, I think Darius's position is that uh, maybe, this is, I think it was his theory in a Chortle article. Um, Chortle, again, if you're in the comedy world, you know what that is. If you're not in the comedy world, you don't give a shit what Chortle is. <laughs> but uh, Chortle's like the, the official newspaper of comedy because it's the only newspaper of UK comedy. And, uh, well, website. And um, and in there, Darius says that he believes that maybe Kay saw him do the bit, forgot he saw him do the bit, and then thought he made the bit up himself. But anyway, Kay performed this on uh, Jonathan Ross's TV show maybe two years ago. And as soon as that was on TV, Darius uh, posted a video of him performing the bit years before. Now. From a, a comedic, just from, ob- from an objective uh, viewpoint, the jokes are very, 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 very simple. They're the same, they're the same joke. It's the same joke, <laughs> It's the same joke, right? That is from an uh, objective perspective. Um, and from a comedic perspective, it's like, wow, someone must have stole someone's joke. Here's the thing though the world doesn't revolve around comedy and if you're going to take if you're going to take it to the streets then it becomes in the public domain and the public domain isn't ran by the court of comedy it's run by the court of law see so when it's put in the public domain the court of comedy went ah okay you a big joke thief you, you're thieving joker thief you thief right that's what happened in the streets of comedy but in the streets of law you kind of need proof when you say things, and what was provided in that video was evidence of two people telling jokes that are very similar, but there's no evidence of theft. And with no evidence of theft, and with one person being called a joke thief by the whole comedy community, as I say in air quotes, because there is no community, it's just a collective of people who tell jokes um, and do gigs together, but there's no community. The only commonality we have is we're all comedians, that's it, but the comedy comedian community and i'll call you a joke thief which is the worst crime in comedy the worst rapist Ah, do you really believe her racist i think you're being a bit sensitive sexist homophobe transphobe xenophobe all that shit embezzler fraud murderer (laughs) listen you can murder someone you can write a good 15 minute joke on how you murdered someone the crowd might get back on your side. But here's the thing you can never do, and that's be a joke thief, okay? You can't be a joke thief. So to be called a joke thief, with no evidence of you actually having stolen the joke, can kind of piss you off, and it might leave you feeling cornered. And a lot of the comedy people I've spoken to seem to be looking at it through one lens, and that's the lens that Darius is telling the truth. And Kay is a big lying thief. However, flip it on its head, let's say that K is telling the truth. Not that Darius is a, a liar, but it's say K is telling the truth in the sense of, hold a minute, I wrote this joke myself. I didn't hear you tell a joke. I don't even remember gigging with you ever. I wrote this joke. I've been performing it since X date, which is before when Darius's video is from. And now everyone in this fucking comedy thing is calling me a joke thief. The worst thing you'd be called as a comedian. I ain't fucking having it. I'm losing out on opportunities because people think I'm this fucking joke thief. I ain't fucking having it. So guess what? A civil case has been brought forward from Kay Kurd against Darius Davis. And the comedy community are going, oh, that's bang out of order. Why has he done that? And I'll tell you why people are saying that again, because they believe in the story through one paradigm. The paradigm that one person said the truth, and that's Darius and Kay is not. And I think that if you do only look at the story through that paradigm, then you can only see it one way. But like I said, I don't know either of them. So I've got to look at it through both paradigms. And if I'm Darius and I think someone's stolen my joke, um, I'm going to put a video of the jokes side by side. I'm not going to say it's stolen though. I'm not going to say they stole it. I'm going to say, hmm, very similar and just leave it at that. I ain't accused of anything. I just said the jokes are similar. That's what I would have said. And I'll tell my friends to not say any shit. I mean, actually my friends can say whatever they want because then the case would be against them. But listen, I didn't say you stole it. That's what I would say. And because the video has been taken down, I can't even go back and see if Darius even accused him of stealing it. He may have just said, very similar, No, that. But, so if you're looking through, uh, from, from his perspective, that's what I would have done if I was Darius's perspective, if I was K. Again, I've just wrote this joke. I performed the show, performed on TV. I'm having a great time. People tell me how funny I am, and then someone's going, "You stole the joke. You stole my joke." I'm like, "No, I bloody didn't." Shut your mouth about I stole your joke. No, I didn't steal it. I wrote this joke. It's my fucking joke. I'm gonna get pretty angry. Will I take it to court? <sighs> I don't know because I guess I have perspective of, um, of you know what people say on Twitter and what people say in the comedy community it isn't really a big deal. I would have probably done this I probably would have released some sort of statement. No, I say a statement, literally a tweet. A tweet, a post on Instagram to say, someone's accused me of seeing this joke. I've been performing it since this date. No, I don't have a video of it. Don't video everything I do. But I've been performing this joke for flipping years. Anyone who's seen me at at these gigs, maybe they can remember and they can verify that I told this joke then. Or maybe just said something like that. Um... And yeah, and I'll go, I'm not accusing this other person of stealing my joke either. I said, the jokes are admittedly similar and it's unfortunate it's come to this. I might go, do what? But going forward, I won't be telling this joke anymore. Simple as that. I would just said something like that, really. I mean, it's already on TV. You ain't got anything to lose. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's, that's how I would have dealt with it. But now it's in court. Now it's, well, it's not in court yet. Um, because the case, the cost of taking a case to court Is about thirty grand. Yeah, thirty grand, and uh, well, it's fifteen grand for one person, and then if you lose, you have to pay the other person's cost, right? But I would—I don't think I'd be taking it to court and all that. It seems pretty. It seems pretty extreme to take it all to court. But then. Sometimes you've got to show people, you know, we mean fucking business. Don't chat shit. Chat shit get banged. In court. I don't know. That's the big thing that's going on in the comedy world. Um, what's been going on in my world? Not much, really? Uh, no, not much. i trying to think have i done anything this week. No, I last, I last gigged. Um nicely last, last week but uh, at the semi-final thing so no I mean at the at the competition getting to the semi-final but haven't kicked this week I'm tomorrow um like I said with Axel Blake Whiteyardie and Richard backwards, which will be good I think I'm opening the show um it's Kojo's Comedy Jam so I'm opening the show because Kojo's hosting it and um yeah man it'll be good It'll good, it'll good, be good. Be good, be good. Uh, I'm trying to figure what else. No, not, um, I ain't done anything else this week, have I? I don't think so, no. I mean, I went for a lovely walk yesterday with, with the wife and with the child, and um, I I had a, a penny dropped in my head about something, just observing, I was, I was there walking along, walking by our local Tesco, and I saw this massive queue of cars. And I'm like, why is there, a massive queue of cars here. Can't work it out. And then all the pieces, you know, like at the um, Usual Suspects, where he works out who Kaiser Soze is. And all the bits are there. You know, the, the mug drops on the floor. It just happened. Now, I had a flashback to when I went to get my hair cut earlier in the day, right? I had to drive past Asda. I was trying to get onto a roundabout. And I couldn't get onto the roundabout because there's all cars. All cars just queued up and there's Anster staff at the roundabout directing people, windows wound down, going, where are you going? Okay, yeah, just go round. And then when I got round off the roundabout, clear road, but there's a row of cars to my left turning into Asda. And I thought, oh my God, these guys are queuing up for petrol. For fuel. For a commodity that is not running out everyone is panic buying something that is not running out and you know what's going to happen the price is going to go up (laughs) because the supply cannot meet the demand whereas before it would have it would have been fine because the only issue was is that hgv drivers are in shortage and so a few deliveries aren't being made and a few stations Petrol stations are going to be closed because they're not going to get the delivery. Not that they're running out of fuel. Not that you need to get all your fuel before it's gone. There's a few stations going to be closed. So there's no need to be rocking up to stations with six jerry cans and filling them up with fuel. Now, I don't wish death on anyone. All right. But I do hope that some of these people who are filling up six jerry cans of fuel. I hope your house sets on fire. With none of your family in it. I don't want any of your family in it. I don't want anyone hurt. And I want you to be able to get all of the most important things out. But I want your house on fire. And I want your home insurance to be completely voided. Because you've got fucking vats of petrol on your premises. That you have no license to have. Okay. I hope that's what happens. I say I don't want anyone hurt though. I just want just a light bit of fire damage to your kitchen. You know. To your shed. Don't want your whole shed on fire. I want something that is irreplaceable to be set on fire, but nothing that's really sentimental. It's just really inconvenient. Like maybe something, like maybe you're somebody who likes to do, you know, a bit of DIY, a bit of craftsmanship in your shed. And, you know, so you've worked a good, you know, 40 hours on this little project. And I hope that burns. I hope that burns and you can't recover that. That's what I'm talking about. I want you to be slightly out of pocket and massively inconvenienced. Because there's no need to be taking six flipping f- jerry cans of petrol, like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Do you, did you even need petrol? Some of you, some people have driven, right? Using petrol to get petrol they don't need because they I'm going to drive their car. My car, I guess I'm talking from positional privilege in the sense of my car just sat outside my house right now. I'm looking at it with half a tank of petrol, in there um, because that's just how I fill up my car. I I fill it to so a full tank each time I go and that that's how I do it. That's how I do petrol. Um, so granted, if you are someone who maybe you just needed to get your petrol, that's bloody annoying. They're in the queue behind someone who's just filling up jerry cans. And what's up with these petrol stations actually selling it as well? I mean, I guess once it's out of the flipping pump, they can't go put that down. But it's got, I don't know, there's got to be some kind of restriction. Maybe that's what it should have been. Maybe it should be like a £50 cap. I don't care how big your car is, you're only allowed to put £50 worth of petrol. So yeah, if you've got a small car, a little city car, then fine, you can have your little jerry can because £50 of petrol is all you're allowed to take. But, but why, we should not need these measures put in place. Like We should be just flipping adults. like Humans, we're just so flipping stupid. I swear to God, there's some information that I just don't think we should be shared to us as the public because that's how we behave. Like when they said toilet roll might be going out so everyone goes nuts and buys all the toilet roll. No one even said the petrol's running out. It just said that there's a shortage of HGV drivers. If anything, you should just apply to become a HGV driver that you're guaranteed to get the job. Instead, you spend all your money on petrol. I hope petrol goes off. I hope the petrol doesn't work and fucks up your car. <laughs> that is what i hope i hope the petrol doesn't work i hope you pick up the wrong fuel that's what i hope i hope that you fuel you having your thing becomes outdated i don't know how that's gonna work but i hope that's what happens pissing me off um right what else has gone on in the world um <laughs> well, that's actually that's what happened this morning as well um I was trying to sign in to Tidal, um, like you do, support black business and all that. And I couldn't log in, couldn't log in. I was like, this is the second time I've been logged out of this of this app for no damn reason. I changed my, made the password request, changed my password, still couldn't log in, still having a problem. And I was pissed off, so I just wrote a message. Yeah, I wrote a message to Tidal, just email, got a problem, email this thing. And my email didn't even say hello, didn't even say kind regards, didn't even put my name. I just went, I can't log in. That's it. I can't log in. And I was ready to go, so when I log in, I'm going to cancel my bloody subscription because this is bollocks. How many times do I get kicked out of this bloody thing? It's annoying me. I'm paying for a monthly subscription. I can't use it So I keep getting kicked out. And they came back oh, about an hour later. Very polite. And said, oh, it's really sad. I can see that on our records, it says you're active and fully paid up. Are you using a VPN? And immediately I was like, aha, I'm in the wrong. <laughs> you ever had that? You ever had so much vim, so much energy? Are you ready to cuss someone out? And then they just show you that you might be fucking up. You, you might be in the wrong. And that's what happened. I was ready to cuss Tidal i was ready to quit so i ah, do what i i even had it in my head in the pod that is a topic title because i was going to say yeah do you know what what you should do when companies piss you off put your money where your mouth is walk away pull your money away if you're a member of something quit cancel your membership i was get that's all what this pod was meant to be about yeah and then they emailed me back i went uh you use the vpn now have I messaged them back to say, do you know what, thanks for your advice, I was using the VPN, now I can log in. Of course I didn't. I just logged in, switched off my VPN, logged in. I didn't even want to listen to anything anymore. Cause I'd already canceled it in my head. But I'm, I'm still paying my subscription. I'm still here. Ah, <laughs> oh dear. Right, what else, uh, what else has been going on? in the world um obviously you've got the jesus christ i need to learn her name because that that is going to absolutely kill the point that we're making ah her name is 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 sabina nessa um sabina nessa and the teacher who got killed in uh, kidbrook in the park um so immediately, when I first found out about this, um, it was uh, presented to me under the paradigm of a woman's been, been murdered and there hasn't been much information about it in the news. So that that's always presented to me under that paradigm. So I was like, cool. I mean, I mean, it's not cool, but yeah, I get it. Um, I'm reading the YouTube comments in the video. I sent. was like, has anyone ever thought maybe the family didn't want her face passed all over the place? It's like, cool. Then when it got to Instagram, so it's like, I found out that morning, it's like everyone else found out that morning about this murder. It got to Instagram that everyone started doing the side-by-side. Sarah Everard versus um, Sabina Nessa. How well, come Sarah Everard got all this coverage, Sabina Nessa didn't, blah, blah, blah. And it's one of those weird ones that like, why do we always have to compare one thing to the other? Because to me, they're not particularly comparable. Yes, they're women. Yes, they got murdered at times of the day that even people, you know, where the just world fallacy gets absolutely punctured. You know, it's not one of those things of, well, you shouldn't be walking alone at 3 a.m. in the morning. No, they're both walking at like in public spaces, well lit at 8.30 p.m., 9 p.m. All right. Busy places. So it's not, is oh, not, you shouldn't have been doing that. You bought it on yourself. You shouldn't be drunk. It, it weren't that. Um, so there, there's that comparison. So from a women's right perspective, oh, I fully really get the two being side by side. Not the side by side is in one's worse than the other. Kind of like, you know, when black people get shot by police, you just add it to the names of things. I understand that. Definitely understand that. But what I don't understand is comparing it side by side, Go ah, oh, this, she didn't get the coverage because she's Asian. Sarah got the coverage because she's white. Yes, that is the difference between the two. But also, the Sarah Everard thing people knew about the police officer being the person of interest from day one. That's what made that case so wild as well. Whereas with Sabina, I don't think there is a a police officer as the person of interest, right? Everard Everaging is probably more comparable to the two ladies got killed um, up in Brent near Wembley in the sense of the way the police handled that in the sense of now you're looking at the, the and the behaviour of police when it comes to the murder of women. You can, there you can you can put the two together there, I suppose. You can do that. But even then, it's like one took photos of a murdered woman and was treating it like a joke, and the other one, the police, actually killed the woman. So again, it's just like, there's no need for the side-by-side in that sense. It's just a tragic murder has happened. Let's try and get some information. Let's try and catch the killer. It's not like it's been presented to us in a way where they're going, ah, we don't really care who the killer is. They're, they're trying to find out. They're trying to find out. Could the information come out sooner? Probably. I don't know. I don't know. But I'm just saying, everything needs to be side by side in that respect. Just like sometimes something is just tragic based on its own merits. And it seems like it's mad. I think it's only maybe like a five minute walk this woman was, was going on. And she got murdered. And I think that's that's tragic in itself, man. I think that's tragic in itself. Um, and I'm not sure that what you know, what information has been provided. I think police have released CCTV um, of a car linked to the murder. There's, it's all very sketchy at the at the moment, man. It's all very sketchy at the moment. And I hope they find I hope they find the killer, obviously. Obviously, but um so if there's a more a less somber note to end that section of the pod. On. I don't think there is. I don't, is there anything else that's gone on um, in the world? There's nothing else. Nothing else has gone on. Um, so we we'll go to Dear Deirdre, and then we will move on. We'll move on. Um Let's go. Just get Dear Deirdre. Do. I'm getting distracted by notifications on my phone i literally was about to log out of the internet to look for the internet anyway let's see let's go dear deirdre even though we're separated i still feel guilty i kissed my husband's friend Dear Deirdre, my husband and I separated, but I kissed a mutual friend and now the guilt is eating me up. I'm 30 and was married to my ex, who is 32. For four years, we have a two year old son. Okay. The relationship didn't work out. We were always arguing. I felt I couldn't trust him. So last year we agreed to split up and decided to try and remain friends for our son's sake. Since we separated, I've been single. As I have a toddler, I don't have time to think about new relationship and I haven't even looked at another man. My ex has a few, has had a few short flings with other women. It hurts, but as we're not together anymore, I can't criticise. We get on much better now we're apart. Um, and he often comes over to see our son and we go out on family days. Um, go, so go on family days out together and he ends up spending the evening with me. Sometimes he even stays over, although he always sleeps on the sofa. We don't kiss or cuddle. This all seems very respectable and nice. Um, we've talked about our relationship and confirmed we're definitely just friends, although he still calls me his wife when we're out or with his mates. I'm confused about my feelings and I think he is too. I do still love him. I mean, you are his wife. Um, I guess you always will be until you're divorced, right? So, um. But yeah, I guess that's the thing, right? If you split up with someone, but you have to stay around each other, and you realize you you still get on and you like each other, it does always leave the door open. I remember that happened with me and the ex. We had to live with each other after we split up because we have a tenancy. and um, and we got on. We were we were proper bickering, and falling apart when we were together. As soon as we split up, we guys kind of got on. I was like, "How can you live with your ex? That like, oh, no, no, she's actually all right. <laughs> she's has your right to live with. She's okay." but it just got a bit odd because then like things like we just live separate lives in one flat so whereas before we'd make dinner together now it's like nah oh what are you having for dinner okay this one I'll get for dinner um so that was a bit odd but uh but yeah we got on but then yeah but then it leaves in your head so if you can get on this world then maybe there's something there to to rescue but at the end of the day, we didn't even bother try again and we just walked away. But there wasn't a kid involved, so I guess that makes it even harder. Gives you even more of a incentive to maybe try and make it work, right? Anyway, last week, I went for lunch with a mutual male friend who's 31. He was really flirty. He's, this guy's a scumbag. He was really flirty. To so my surprise, he said he always liked me and hadn't made a move because I was with my ex. What a scumbag. Now, how does that even come out of your mouth as a sentence, as your friend? Like, it's one thing that I could find my friend's uh, partners attractive. But to say, I always liked you. Like, I imagine I've known my friend longer than I've known his girlfriend, right? So that means I've known my mate, he's got a new girlfriend, brings her down to Weatherspoons to introduce us to her. and I'm sat there across the door going, yeah, I like her. I want her, but ah, she's going out of my mate. So I'll just leave it for now. Like what? No, I don't know, control. do people have that little control of their emotions? We just see them where we go, oh yeah, no, she's fit, mate. Like as soon as she goes to the toilet, go to your mate, hey, nice one, she's got a sister. Hey, got any friends, hey, ah. That's it, you just move on. And it's just like, yeah, my mate's girlfriend, yeah, she's really good looking, that's it. Then when they split up, you're not like, here's my chance. And even if he was, here's my chance. You're still not like, I've always liked you. What? What? Anyway. i um, was really flirting to my surprise. He said he'd always liked me. and hadn't made the move because I was with my ex. We snogged passionately and our hands were all over each other. Jesus. Things could have gone further, but I stopped it. It felt wrong, even though I'm single. Now I can't stop thinking about what happened. I can't eat or sleep. I've always been an honest person, but I know hearing about this would kill my ex. He'd feel betrayed and jealous. I also don't want him to fall out with his with our mutual friend either. Should I confess? Ah, right, here's the thing. Ah. Uh... Don't man, it's a coin toss with certain people. Whether they're gonna side with their friend or side with their partner when it comes to acts like this. Even with an ex, um, like for me, I would always look uh, for the loyalty from my friend rather than my ex, you know? Like my ex ex is my ex, she doesn't owe me anything. So I'd hope my friend wouldn't want to smash my ex. (laughs) So as the guy, Yeah, I don't, I'll just be like, yeah, I think i would just be looking towards my friends, like, mate, what are you doing? Why did you, why, why, why did you kiss my wife? My my ex, my ex-wife, but why? I don't know, just for me, just the vibe I get is this guy's been just waiting. Just waiting for this moment to just pounce. Like a creep! Like a creep, I tell you. um. I think, yeah, I think, um, so should you, con- so if you confess, it'll make you look good. Um, they'll fall out, but you'll look good. I think you should confess. You've got nothing to lose. You confess. You already split up. You can just destroy their relationship if you want, because he's been an ass. And then, um, you know, then maybe you and your ex will get back together. I not know. I don't know. Maybe they were in on it together. Maybe it was one of those drunker ones down at the pub I was like, yo, you don't lose her. She's fit. You just have a, have, a go, have a go if you want. I don't give a shit. And he's like, shut up, mate. Of course you give a shit. No, don't give a shit. All right. I'll try Oliver. Go they and be my guest. And then Kabooey tried the Oliver ends. There you are. <laughs> balls deep. No, well, ain't yeah, balls deep. Anyway, um, yes come on N- not so safety net my nigerian girlfriend needs money to move to the uk is it a scam no it's not scam to need money to move to the uk is it a scam that she needs you to give her the money maybe um dear you my nigerian girlfriend says she- i need to know where this guy is from like if this guy is like a 50 year old white guy then it-, it it may be a scam If you yourself are Nigerian, (laughs) of Nigerian descent, then maybe not a scam. Let's see, though. Uh, My Nigerian girlfriend says she needs money so she can come to the UK to escape her abusive life. I am 40 and single. And for the past year, I've been talking to this Nigerian woman who is 28. Uh, I need to know where you're from, my man. Uh, We've messaged, swapped pictures and had numerous video chats She's kind and sweet and I'm 100% sure she's genuine She has a difficult life and is bullied by her mother Who makes her do all the chores and often kicks her out She doesn't have a job Her mother is trying to marry her off to a local man Who is much older and who she dislikes She is desperate to come to the UK to be with me She needs a passport and a visa to come here And has put me in touch with a man who can sort them out Uh... I don't know how Nigeria works, but is there not like a central place that you sort out passports and visas? Not just a guy. I don't know. I'm just guessing. Um, I have the money, but I'm not daft enough to hand it to a total stranger. Wise man. It reminds me when one guy uh, was trying to sell, I was trying to rent a flat. And it was something ridiculous, like £200 a week. But it's right in Marlebone. And um, and I was like, wow, perfect, because I lived, I was working, um, on Baker Street, just off Baker Street, and this this apartment was just off Baker Street as well, so it would have been like a five minute walk to work. So yeah, the rent was kind of expensive uh, for like a a little studio, but I was like, it's really cheap for where it is, what it is, and how much money I'd save from commuting. When it comes to now me asking for documentation, my man's trying to tell me, yeah, I need to send my deposit through Western Union. I was like, you what? Yeah, deposit needs to go through Western Union. I was like, oh, okay. This guy sent me a copy of his passport, of his girlfriend's passport to evidence that he wasn't a fraud. I was like, why are you showing me a picture of some random woman's passport? This shows me absolutely nothing, and um, so yeah, so I didn't go with that flat because I would have been a grand sixteen hundred pounds short. <laughs> anyway, um, we want so we want to be together. She's so unhappy, and she has threatened suicide a few times. and Says she'll do it if she has to stay there. Are there any organisations you can sort this out and bring her here? I mean, uh, I mean, I don't know if there's any organisations, but I'm just pretty sure you don't get your passport and visa from a guy. Maybe maybe ask him to come over on holiday. It's a holiday, maybe. I don't know. She doesn't need a full visa, does she, if she's coming on holiday? I don't know what the rules are. But instinctively, it feels a bit scammish, doesn't it, mate? At the end of the day, what you've got to do, you've got to look at yourself, look at the person you're talking to, and say, does this make sense? And if it doesn't make sense, then it probably doesn't make sense. It's probably not real, you know? You're speaking to someone like, this person's way too attractive and cool. This doesn't make sense. But some people's ego just won't let them see yeah i'm being taken from a mug here no 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 i i can definitely pull someone like this <laughs> i'm a 40 year old man i can definitely pull this 28 year old nigerian woman yeah that's a bit of me that is maybe it's not mate maybe it's not um right last one um what the hell is this bare face cheek my ex won't let me see my daughter unless i pose nude for him Dear Deirdre, I'm back home in Britain after escaping an abusive relationship in America But now my ex-husband is demanding nude webcam videos if I want to see my daughter again Mad I'm 35 and was married to a 37-year-old guy in the US for 4 years I didn't get a green card because I did not know I had to We had a daughter together who is is three, But my controlling ex didn't let me have any say in her life He soon became violent In the end, I got so desperate, I fled back to England. Without your daughter. I couldn't get my daughter a passport, so I had to leave her behind. Because I don't have a green card, I can't get back into America. Now my ex is saying he won't let me see my daughter unless I pose nude for him. What can I do? Uh, Put your clothes back on. Get on the plane. Don't need to stay in America, but you need to get over there and just go and kidnap your own kid. You, I, don't, I don't know how you're going to do it. Oh, I die, man. Have you got the same surname as your kid? Because I know that's an issue, right? Um, if you don't have the same surname as your child, you can sometimes have issues taking them out of the country. You may need consents. Oh, I need to ask my mum if that's true, because me and my mum have different surnames. So yeah, I'll check for her, check with her today. Going around there today. So yeah. But um but yeah, I mean you can't go backwards, but it's just mad that you, you left your you left your kid there. I'd have thought Yeah, for me I, I, I would have been looking for how much it costs to, to get him killed. You know what I mean? I would have been looking for that before leaving leaving the kid there with him. Yeah, I just can't see how you can think of someone that's abusive and dangerous and then you leave the most important thing with that abusive, dangerous person. I'm not victim-blaming, just saying that. I know you can get a passport, but you can run away to somewhere in America. America America's big, you know, big. Run away somewhere else. Because that's mad. The, the, The mental torture to leave your kid in a different country with an arsehole. Nah, man. Not me, blood. Not me. Um, right, last one, because that wasn't very fun. Um, uh, all right, let's do something that I've completely not got like, any experience or quip to talk about. That's like, all these dear, dear G's. Identity crisis. How do I tell my conservative family I'm bisexual? Dear you although I have just come out as bisexual to my friends, I'm scared of telling my family. I'm a 17-year-old girl and my friends have been really supportive. Uh, but I don't think my parents will understand. They are very, they're conservative old-fashioned about sex. I was so unhappy before I realised I was bi. And now that I've accepted it, I feel like a new person. Um, here's the thing about coming out. You don't have to come out until you have to come out. Right? It's, uh, it's your personal life. Like surely, your sexuality is the least interesting thing about you. I know being gay is a big thing in terms of your identity, but I'm sure that most gay people that I know, they're they're not gay above everything. They're uh, they've got other stuff going on in their life. You know, profession, skill, interests, hobbies, experiences, family, friendships, thoughts, ideas, feelings all well, those things that make us human. And then, oh, yeah, and I, I'm sexually attracted to people with the same sex as me. It's just like, so when it comes to your parents being bisexual, you're biased, so you're a woman. So you might be a guy you've settled down with. There's no need to cause the upset that that, that you like women as well. But if you like women, it's a woman you settle settled down with, then you just bring her around. Bring her around and just go, listen, uh, got a friend coming over later. When I say a friend, I mean my girlfriend. They're like, What? Are you a lesbian? It's like, No, not quite. Bisexual. They go, like, bah, bah. Like, BAH! And then you just list all the things that you could be that is just way worse and tell them, Get a fucking grip. Yeah, I'm bisexual. Yes, I'm bisexual. Okay. But what's does it matter? I'm not trying to fuck you, Dad. I'm not trying to smash you either, Mum, so just don't worry about it. You're not invited when I have sex, so what's the issue? You mean? Like, it doesn't really matter. I mean, your parents might say don't kiss her at the dinner table. Fair enough. I don't think I've kissed my wife at the dinner table. And my mum came to the wedding and she loved it. But... <laughs> but it's always just like... I don't know. I always find the this, this, this sexuality of... of uh, of kids are coming out, and that I think it was an odd one, really. Just uh, I just think there's just so much shit in the world, and uh, I think I always remember like watching this documentary about kids coming out. Um, about one kid who didn't come out to his parents, instead he just he either didn't come out to his parents, or he did come out, and it was such a bad experience that he left the family, and then because he was like seventeen. You didn't really have any, like, set-up. So you just ended up being really vulnerable in, in these streets as, like, a young gay lad. So and it ended up being taken advantage of by those older gay men. And that like, it's just like, raw. And I thought, it's one thing your kid being gay and you don't like your kid being gay. It's another thing your kid becoming virtually a rent boy because you could have just chill a bit. You know what I mean? Like So I've always said in my head that, That's even before I was, like, as liberal as I am now. I don't think I'm amazingly liberal. But in the sense of, I can't have my kid out in the streets, just vulnerable, thinking about killing themselves. Like, your home should always be somewhere that your kids feel like, that's what, when all shit's going off in the world, that's where I can go. Even if they've got their own house, they should still have this sense of when it all, if it all goes fucking mad... I can go there, I'm called cool to go there. I think that's that's really, that's how you know you've got like a good family, like a good set in life, if you've got that place. It doesn't have to be your your house that you've, you grew up with your parents, it could be a grandparent, it could be whatever, but it's gotta be somewhere that you just go, if it all goes mad, I can go there. So I think to take that away from your own child, and if you have multiple children, so, you you provide that for three of your kids, but the one who said oh, I'm, I'm gay or bisexual, nah, you, you you can't come back here, like you live here, and it's uh, when they're dead. You've got yeah, you only have to lie to yourself and go, yeah, I don't regret anything. <laughs> I mean, or you gotta be a bit of a psycho and be like, well, that's what they get. Oh I mean, yeah, it's not the place to be. So yeah, so um, that's how you come out to you. So your parents, you, uh, you come out when you, you need to and you just told them, suck it up. Put on your big boy pants. I'll smash men and women. All right. Anyway, people, that is the end of the pod. Um, don't go panic by petrol. All right, it's not running out. Um, all you lot with electric cars, piss off. I mean, it's hilarious though. It's, if you've got an electric car, it's flipping hilarious. Uh, right now, you're loving life right now. Maybe this is a bloody scam by Tesla. They just started assassinating the HGV drivers. No petrol, everyone goes, I'm getting an electric car the next one. Like, I've got to get a, a car next year. This car runs out, we'll get a new one. What am I gonna do? Do I go electric? Do I go small? Who knows? Anyway, people, that is the end of the pod. Uh. Yeah, that's it. Um, I don't have to promote next week. next Saturday, top secret in the evening. I mean, in the afternoon, come to that. Two o'clock. Just chatting shit, telling jokes. All right, people, that is the end of the pod. Peace.